This is Cruise Radio. Now more than ever, you should consider trip insurance for any kind of trip you take, not just cruises. Get a free quote at tripinsurance.com. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here, my friend. Richard Sims is back this week with the weekly dose of cruise news. And recapping a recent cruise he took, jumping right to him now. Hey, Richard. Hey, Doug. We have so much to talk about this week. Yeah, it's been a little while because uh, you were on a cruise, then I was on a couple of cruises, and uh, now we're back together here at last. So some big news around the Carnival uh, so some big news around the Carnival Cruise Line camp today. Lots of stuff. So first of all, you know, one of the things I love about the cruise industry is how many parties there are. When a ship is announced, they throw a party. When the first deal is cut, they throw a party. Every step of the way is a celebration. And that's certainly the case with the newest ship, given that its name is the Carnival Celebration. This is the sister ship to Mardi Gras, which was definitely one of my favorite ships rolled out over the last couple of years. So the ship is now doing a transatlantic sailing. And um, on November 6th, that will see her going from Southampton to Miami, where she'll have her naming ceremony on November 20th. Then after that, she'll start doing year-round sailings to the Caribbean. So that's, you know, very big news, new ship coming out and all that. At the same time, they also released some news that probably isn't going to be quite as festive for many cruisers. And that is, um, they have said that thanks to, you know, some of the uh, increases in prices that they're seeing and some supply chain issues and things like that, they're having to deal with some price increases. So, for example, the steakhouse is going to go from $42 to $48. They're also going to be doing unspecified increases. I didn't see an actual price attached to how much it'll go up, but to some of the um, sort of higher-end specialty restaurants like Rudy's Seafood Grill, for example. They'll, that'll be a little bit more expensive than it was before. They're also, and this one I don't really understand why, but on sailings of six nights or longer, they are still going to have lobster on, you know, formal night or whatever they call their version of formal night. But they're moving it from the first night to the second night. I'm not really sure why, but they are. Uh, and finally, and... You know, I have a feeling people will be very upset about this, but I don't really see why. Um, They're going to be adding a $5 charge if you're eating in the main dining room and you order a third entree. You know, your first entree, free. Your second entree, free. All the appetizers you want, free. But if you order a third entree, there will be a $5 fee. Now, I'm sure people are going to complain and say, you know, oh my God, look at them nickel and diming. But they're really doing this to kind of cut back on food waste because, you know, we've all done it. You sit there and you see all the things on the menu that you want to order and you order them all and then you only can eat half. They're also, you know, they make it very clear. If you want to order half portions, order half portions. But for, if you're ordering three entrees, you know, maybe it's okay to charge a $5 fee. And plus, where on land are you going to get that third entree for $5? So, you know, I'm sure people will be upset about it, but maybe it's not really worth being upset about. Hey, I'm just curious of your thoughts. Why do you think they moved that lobster night? You know, that's a really good question, and I honestly don't know. I mean, a lot of ships offer um, on the first night, they offer specialties, like like on, on Norwegian football, if you eat in a specialty restaurant on the first night, you get a bottle of wine. And I, I, I really, I don't know anything, I can't think of anything in the carnival universe that would prompt them to say, we're going to move it to the second night. Uh, 
do you have any thoughts? So I just have a thought, and it's probably wrong. uh, I don't know. But my guess would be that so during the voyage, as people start spending money, they start taking their gratuities off the bill. They may have gambled too much or whatever, and they want that $100 back or whatever. Well, when those people do that, a lot of them are ashamed to go to the main dining room because the staff knows you did that, like your server does. And so that's why the dining rooms aren't that busy on the very last night of the cruise either because people are taking their tips off and their gratuities off. So I'm thinking they have enough data showing – and I could be way off, but they have enough data showing that – not as many people are going to go to that second formal night because everyone dresses up only one time and then they don't come back. So it's really two different – I guess that's really two different angles there. That's insane to me. <laughs> I mean, first of all, I, I just don't understand people taking off the gratuities. I never have. I just – you know, that's it's, it's one of the reasons I think cruise lines really should just roll them all into the price so that you can't do that. Uh, but – it also just is crazy to me. I never knew that people like don't go to the main. I didn't know that the staff knew for one thing. I had no idea that they knew. That's fascinating and a topic that we will get into another time. <laughs> so now we'll talk about Icon of the Seas. The big reveal was what last week or two weeks ago, and it's a it's going to be a pretty big ship. Huge. Well, of course, it's going to be the biggest in the world because, as we've discussed before, um, for years now, whenever Royal Caribbean introduces a new ship, they make it just a little bit bigger so that they can get all the press that goes with, look, the biggest ship in the world. And Mm -hmm. already it's working. You can see it everywhere. Um, They will be, interestingly, um, a couple years from now, they will be introducing a ship that's smaller. Not small by any standards, but they will not be able to use the biggest ship in the world for that ship. But anyway, talking about Icon of the Seas. If you want to sail on the maiden voyage of this ship, which is coming out in January of 2024, you need to know a couple of things. First, if you don't move fast, you're going to be out of luck because even though the ship's not sailing until January of 2024, its staterooms are selling like proverbial hotcakes. Second, you're going to pay a pretty penny because the prices are really high. One of the suites that they introduced, you know, this this gorgeous suite with every amenity you could possibly imagine is, what was it, like $35,000 a person or something like that? Uh, 39000 39000 uh, For $39,000 a person, I, I can't even imagine what they should be doing for me. <laughs> the ship is going to hold 56,000 or 5,600. 56,000 would be a lot. 5,610 guests. And it's going to introduce some new neighborhoods, which have some very, very cool stuff. For example, one of them will be Thrill Island. And the centerpiece of this is going to be something called Category 6, which is the largest water park at sea. They're also going to introduce Chill Island as a neighborhood, and you'll be able to find what's reportedly going to be the largest pool at sea, and it's going to, there's also going to be a swim-up bar. Now, fun fact, I have never been in a pool on a cruise ship. I don't know why, it just doesn't interest me, but a swim-up bar, that actually could be the thing that finally gets me to go into the pool on a cruise ship. Uh There's also Aquadome, which is really kind of cool. I'm intrigued by it. It's basically an enclosed version of the Aqua Theater, you know, where they do the diving shows and stuff. But it includes a waterfall and a restaurant and a bar and uh, and a waterfall. You know I'm a sucker for a water feature. All in all, it sounds like it's going to be a pretty amazing ship. The early renderings, which you can see on the site, are just really phenomenal. So this this is one to keep an eye on. So we've had some changes with testing on some cruise lines. 
Yeah, we're going to sum this one up really quick. Basically, protocols are gone. <laughs> there's no more, whether you're vaccinated or unvaccinated, there's basically no more pre-cruise testing. Um, you know, there's still enhanced cleaning and things like that on the ships, and they're doing everything in their power to obviously mitigate any um, disease getting on board or spreading. But the we're, we're this is the closest we've been to normal in two years. Uh, so, and that's, that's for basically all the major cruise lines, I think, um, you know, Norwegian, uh, Holland, Princess, Carnival, they're, they're basically all saying, come one, come all. So this next story, 700 days at sea for a person is, uh, you know, about what, two years or so, but in dog years, 700 days is a lot. Yeah. This dog is my new hero. Um, he's a beautiful black lab. He's 10 years old. His name is Yoshka and he has sailed over 700 days on Holland America. So when the ship was in New York recently, they actually had a very big ceremony. The president of the company was there and, um, Yoshka received her platinum medallion and and five-star Mariner status in the loyalty program, which is the highest honor that you can get on, on Holland America. Beautiful dog owned by, um, I love their names, Cornelia and Corne Cornelia and Cornelius. Um, she goes by Connie and they also are platinum medallion members. And the, the dog got, um, gifts and a very special welcome and, you know, 700 days at sea. I mean, that's, that's, for a 10-year-old dog, uh, that's a lot. I'm very jealous. I had a chance to catch up with them when I was on board last week up in uh, Manhattan when the ship was docked there. And I was talking to them and they were telling me that um, this dog has like a cult following. Anytime people see that they're going to be on a Holland America sailing, like in the Holland America groups and stuff, like their stateroom gets flooded with dog treats, dog bones, uh, teddy bears, all kinds of stuff. And the dog is like has this huge fan base out there. You know what I want to know? Where does a dog on a cruise ship do his business? On the lower deck, like on deck three or whatever it is that wraps around the whole ship, there's a big uh, picture, like a, a massive litter box, but it has like mulch and pellets in it instead. <laughs> really? Yeah. I should have known you would have the answer. Yeah. I was, uh, I was doing some laps on one ship recently and I, I passed it. It was like for a service dog. It's it interesting. But yeah, congratulations to Yoska and her family there for that big milestone. She was sure a proud pup and a happy pup too. And also Richard, I didn't know, cause you know, there's, there's always protocols. Like you don't, you never want to touch a service dog. Right. But right. they said when they take the harness off the dog, it's fair game. Anyone can touch it and pet it and love on it. And that dog is just like one of the most happiest dogs I've ever seen. And I guess rightfully so. He's, he's cruising for a living. Right. I mean, that's I, I kind of would like to trade places with this dog. <laughs> and Norwegian Prima. She is sure making the rounds around the United States now. Yeah, she is. And she uh, most recently was in Galveston, where they had a very big party. And Kelly Clarkson came on board and sang for all of them. And they combined this with um, NCL the last couple of years has done a special presentation um, where they pick 100 teachers who are given, um, uh, you know, they're recognized by their students and they're nominated by their students and they receive um, a free cruise. And in this case, they got like $40,000 worth of gifts from the very sponsors of the program. So all of that went on in Galveston. Uh, this was 
they're going to be doing one 11-day sailing out of Galveston, and then she'll move to Miami. Um, she will be coming back to Galveston. This was the first time that Norwegians ever sailed out of Galveston, and she will be coming back there for next winter to do a season of Caribbean voyages. But um, they made they, they, they had a nice little presentation down in Galveston. I have a couple more questions about the ship. Hold the line, okay? Sure. You're listening to Cruise Radio, America's trusted voice of the cruise industry. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Have a question or a comment for the show? Yeah! Send an email or voice memo to Doug at CruiseRadio.net. So you were just talking about Prima courses in Texas now, going over to Miami and then Port Canaveral, but uh, you were on the very first U.S. sailing, correct? I was. It was a four-night sailing out of New York City. It was, you know, uh, to be fully transparent, it was um, something that Norwegian paid for. They sponsored the trip. But, you know, as always, we we don't let that impact our, um, you know, our thoughts and what we write. And, you know, that's it's very nice of them to do that, but it's not like they're buying coverage. Um, so we want to be very clear about that. But, yes, this was a ship I was really excited about because I am um, and have been for years a very big Norwegian fan, especially since they do so much sailing out of New York, which is my home port. So when the ship came here for just this one sailing, I was really, you know, fortunate enough to be able to get on it and do some poking around. One of the big questions I have on the ship is the indulged food hall. I know it's a totally new concept for NCL. How does it work? Um, like, is it a buffet? You know, it is sort of a almost it's more like a food court in the mall, but the best possible kind of food court. OK, so basically you go and you sit at a table and there is an iPad on your table and you can order from any of the I think there's nine different restaurants and they're all included except for the Starbucks and the Cocos, which is the high end dessert place that that is separate and you have a fee for that. But all the other restaurants are included. And what's really cool is you can order from any of them or all of them. Like if you want to get one thing from each place, you can order and you don't have to go running around to each of the individual restaurants. Servers will bring you your food. If there's one downfall to this, it's that it is such a cool thing and it is so popular that it can be really hard to get a table in there. Um, you know, you you sort of end up seeing people wandering around with wide eyes, like looking for a table that they can run and dart to sit to. Um, but it was one of my favorite things on the ship. And it's, it is kind of weird. You can kind of compare it to a buffet because you do get, you know, all these different types of food. They had barbecue and Indian and tapas and, and getting it all at one place. But like I said, having them bring it to you is phenomenal it's it's a really it was one of the highlights of the ship i guess my question is like uh, just being a trained cruiser cruising a lot i when i want food i automatically go to the buffet 
is someone going to have to retrain their brain when they're on this ship to say, you know what? We don't have to go to the buffet. We could go to the f- indulge. I think, well, it was interesting because my sailing was largely press and travel agents. And so, you know, these are people who are very informed and know about everything before they get on the ship. I do think that it wouldn't be a bad idea until people get trained to have someone when you're getting on the ship, especially on that first day, you know, everybody on the first day heads to the buffet. It wouldn't be a bad idea for them to say, oh, by the way, you know, make sure, you know, if you don't want to go to the buffet, you can go over here. Uh, it, It really depends on how informed consumers are. You know, that's one of the things that we really pride ourselves on is helping people know the things that they need to know before they get on a ship. And But some people just get on a ship and, you know, don't have any idea. So it might be helpful for them to like, you know, I, I know sometimes on carnival ships, for example, they sometimes have somebody who is standing there and says, okay, you can go to the buffet this way, or you can go, you know, to Guy's Burgers or whatever to sort of help spread out the crowd. How about the entertainment on board? I know, I mean, aside from like the go-karts and everything, um, they, what was it, uh, the Donna Summer Musical they rolled out on there? It's it's Summer, the Donna Summer Musical, and they make a very big deal about this, that this is from Broadway and that it was Tony, Tony nominated. Um, it's worth mentioning, it was only on Broadway for like three months, and I don't think it won any of the Tonys. Now, this is not going to be everybody's cup of tea. I'll be honest, I went into it really stoked for it because I'm a Donna Summer fan, but I did not care for it. Um, it just wasn't, I'm not really a big fan of jukebox musicals. I found the storytelling techniques to be a little clunky. But what is cool about it is it's so smart. They immediately go from the show into turning the theater into a dance club. So you remember when you were in high school and they had the bleachers and the bleachers kind of like pull mm-hmm. into the wall so that you have a bigger basketball court. It's the same basic thing here. Now it's not as smooth <laughs> as I thought it would be. Basically they pushed a button and like the bleachers, they would just sort of retract. It's like a 20 minute process that they have to go through to get the, 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 the seating area pulled back. But What they do during that is they begin playing music from the 70s and 80s, which is, of course, you know, the Donna Summer height of her popularity. And they bring you up on the actual stage and create Studio 54 there while they're setting up the the main space. And then they bring everybody down back onto the floor and they set up like booths on the side. It really does look like um, a Studio 54 style nightclub. It's very, very fun. That is that is the primary entertainment. The one other thing on the ship that was very cool and a little bit divisive was they have an area up on top, uh, up by where the Speedway is. You know, the Speedway is three le- levels and takes up a lot of deck space. Um But they have an area called the Stadium, which is a bunch of games, most of which are free. They're very fun. They have like, you know, ping pong, but not your conventional ping pong. It's in a barrel and they have beer pong. I mean, they don't provide beer for you there, but I saw people bringing up beer and turning it into a beer pong table. But they also have up there both a dart room or a series of dart rooms, really, and a mini golf. And they're both four fee. I've never seen a four fee mini golf on a ship before. And it's $10 per person per nine holes. So if you're a family of four wanting to play, that's 40 bucks right there. The, the bullseye um, darts area is a little bit cheaper because you basically you rent what looks like a living room. It's got like a couch and you've got bar service. 
and there's a dartboard, an electronic dartboard, and you play darts. And that was, I think, $45 for 50 minutes for up to six people. So that's, you know, that's a little bit more reasonable. But this is definitely a case, and you notice this throughout the ship with, like, the Galaxy Pavilion and things like that. It's definitely a case where there are a lot of things on this ship that cost extra, and that if you're traveling with a family or with kids, they are going to want to do. So that's, you know, that's something to keep in mind. A couple of minutes ago, you said you don't really care for jukebox musical. Is that PTSD from Frankie Valli snubbing you in 2018 <laughs> on Bliss? It is. It yeah. is. I will never forgive him. I will never forgive them. Uh, so they need to. They need to stop with the jukebox musicals. And you know, it's it's funny because I mean, a lot of shows like this. I mean, Norwegian does a lot of big theater shows. They did six. They had six before six even debuted on Broadway, which I know you did not care for. I actually liked that show. Uh, and they've done you know they've done Hairspray. They've done Priscilla Queen of the Desert. They do a lot of these shows, and most of them. Um, I've really liked, but this one, like I said, it just, it just did not appeal to me. So take us back to, um, Norwegian bliss. It was May of 2018. You were in the observation lounge and Frankie Valley was there. Did you walk up to him and ask for a picture? And he just said, no. Yeah, basically he, he (laughs) was, you know, he, he's old and he was tired, I guess. And, you know, uh, and, and to make it even worse, I'm not going to drop names or anything, but you can look it up if you want. The cruise director on that particular cruise, who I was a very big fan of, was also a little standoffish. So I was not highly impressed with the, with the, uh, <laughs> with what went down in the observation lounge on that trip. And thank you for bringing it up. Uh, so did you have, uh, did you have a chance to, I'm just curious how different the Haven area is, or is it the same like the other ones, like the, uh, Oh, oh, no, 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 no. It's beautiful. It's, um, first of all, the entire haven is located on the back of the ship, which Mm -hmm. is a nice change. On a lot of um, Norwegian ships, you can be in the haven without being in the haven. In other words, you're paying for the haven and you've got all the, you know, you've got access to the haven, you've got a butler and everything, but you might be at the front of the ship or the middle of the ship. You might not actually be in the actual, you know, haven area. Here, everybody who's in the haven is in the haven. Um, The the restaurant is gorgeous and has a big, beautiful outdoor area with an outdoor bar as well. Um, lots of comfortable seating areas, um, an infinity pool overlooking the back of the ship. It is like everything else on this ship. Even the Haven is a little bit elevated from what we've seen with NCL in the past. And I mean, that's, that's sort of what I thought of this ship. It's much the same that we saw with Carnival when they introduced Mardi Gras. That ship was a little bit more upscale than what Carnival had done in the past, as will be Celebration. The same thing was true here with Norwegian, is this is recognizably a Norwegian ship. You know, um, it's got a lot of the restaurants that you find on other Norwegian ships, but it's it's also a little bit more elevated. Um, the new restaurant, Palomar, is this really beautiful um, high-end Mediterranean seafood restaurant. Uh, the Le Bistro, which on most of the ships, it's the French restaurant, and it's sort of, sort of a little bit dark and romantic on other ships. Here, it's like a spectacle of light. They have these three-story... Um, uh, chandeliers that go from the floor to the ceiling, and they're very, very cool and worth seeing, even if you're not eating there. Everything is just a little bit more upscale than what you've seen before, and yet it still has that same comfort level that you tend to find on a Norwegian ship. What are your thoughts about the pool space? I know Norwegian has always, at least on their newer ships, have been accused of you know shrinking the pool space and making it small. 
It's a, and it's a little bit hard for me to fully judge because we were sailing out of New York and up to Canada in weather that wasn't ideal. So it wasn't like you had, you know, you could really get a good sense for what the pool deck would be like on a hot Car- day in the Caribbean. But, um, I mean, I, I heard a lot of people commenting that the pool seemed small. It's not as small as like on Virgin Voyages, but it's smaller than on some of their other ships. Uh, there are, they call them infinity pools. Um, there are, uh, two of them, I believe one on the starboard and one on port on ocean Boulevard. And they're really more like, they're not really pools. They're more like hot tub size. Um, but they seemed really very popular. Uh, I think we'll have to wait until she's really like probably on the sailings that she's doing out of Galveston and, and to the Caribbean. We'll start to hear more feedback about what those areas are like on a crowded ship. I will say that one thing I loved about this ship and what makes it great for the Caribbean, but it wouldn't be so great if you were sailing in Alaska or someplace like that, is the amount of outdoor space. Um, they have Ocean Boulevard, which wraps all the way around Deck 8, and it's it's wider and bigger than we've seen on other ships. An incredible amount of I, – I love seating areas, and I, I like when there's different seating areas every, like, you know, 50 – 50 yards or so, you come up with a completely different style. Like they had swinging seats that overlook the ocean and they had recliners and they had little groupings for three or four people. They had areas that were great for like, if you had 10 people you wanted to hang out with all outdoors, there's a a really cool um, rock uh, uh, walkway where you go through that's sort of an art gallery outside with really cool sculptures, including a sculpture of a giant dog, which I loved. Um, Supposedly, it's all designed, that that part of it with the um, sculptures and the little patches of fake grass is designed as if you were wandering through a park with your puppy. Um, So, you know, I'm sure that if Yoshka was to get on this ship, he'd probably be really happy and really enjoy seeing all of these uh, uh, patches of green and sculpture. It's, it's, It's a really, Ocean Boulevard is... Again, takes what they have done on their previous ships with with the promenade that they had, and really just lifts it up a little bit and uh, uh, makes it even more special. Well, if you want to see Richard's trip reports, they're all are they all published now? They are all published, okay. and uh, we will soon also have a best and worst that's sort of designed to help people figure out, you know. Every ship is different, and it's hard to say until you're actually on a ship whether it's the right ship for you. But it might help you decide whether this offers things that you will like. And we'll link that up in the show notes at cruiseradio.net. Staff writer Richard Sims, thank you, buddy. Thanks always. All right, Dougie, let's see what we got for you, buddy. Cruise Radio is produced at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Get cruise news, ship reviews, and money-saving tips every Thursday on Cruise Radio. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show. If you want to help spread the word, Give Cruise Radio a five-star review. Find Cruise Radio where you listen to your favorite podcast or online at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.